I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. What's going on, Clone Wars fans? Episode 6, Season 7 of The Clone Wars. I'm Ryan Nilsson, joined by author, Star Wars enthusiast. She's reading all the books. She's getting caught up on all of them. My co-pilot on this ship, Rachel Goodman. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. And as we were talking about Dark Disciple earlier, I decided to pull it up on my Kindle. Uh, I'm reading all of the Star Wars books now that we're in quarantine and getting caught up and rereading some of my other favorites. So, yeah, I'm very excited to be here to talk about this episode and talk about Kessel and talk about everything we got with Ahsoka. Too. Oh my gosh, we get so many, so many exciting things with Ahsoka. Uh, that is the deal. And the episode is called Deal No Deal, uh, which we're really excited. Now, first off, y'all, we're going to be breaking down the episode, everything from Trace uh, and, and Rafa getting this job, bringing Ahsoka along, the Pikes, uh, the Aruba family on Kessel. Um, as well as releasing the cargo, which was a no-snap moment, and that tractor beam at the end. We're also going to draw some connections to the theatrically released films to this episode, which I found there were a bunch, and uh, yeah. some really, really exciting um, Star Wars nerding out going on with those connections, so we'll identify those and some news and gossip. But first, Rachel, overall thoughts on Deal No Deal. I love, sorry. <laughs> Are parking. <laughs> they have some thoughts too. They love the, the episode. I can't, I can't tell. Um, so my overall thoughts, I would say that I absolutely love what we got with Ahsoka, and I thought it was much better than um what we got. I mean, I enjoyed la I, I enjoyed episode five, but um I thought that we got more with Ahsoka and more with Trace and Rafa. And we really got, like, going back to Ahsoka for a second, um, we really got this sense of everything that she knows because of being part of Skywalker Academy. Mm. And I loved, loved, loved the moment we got between her and Anakin where he sensed her and then let... Oh, the my gosh. Yeah, yeah that was I the best. Okay. Okay. It, so, yeah. It just brings me back to rebels because i've been re-watching the rebels series and one of the one of my favorite episodes is the one where um spoiler alert if you haven't seen rebels but you probably have at this point everybody um but the episode where um she finally faces off against vader yeah and his helmet is cracked and they look at each other and it's really like you it's know, that they, same feeling it's that same that yeah. it was almost a different variation of that look that we got in this episode. Yeah. You know what I was getting? I was getting some Return of the Jedi vibes from that scene because there's the scene in Return of the Jedi where Han's telling Chewie fly casually from the Imperial mm -hmm. ship. And the whole time Vader is on the starship and he senses something. He's like, stop that transport. That was the same beat by beat scene. However, the meaning was completely different yeah. in that they weren't enemies. They weren't after each other but they still had this really personal connection. I love that nod. That That's just what, those are moments like this that you can only find in Clone Wars and Dave Filoni. And I have to say, I the way that Anakin to me is animated Anakin. Mm. It's not like, no offense to the prequel movies. Totally. Um, but when I see Christian Hayden, and, and Christian Haydenson, yes, like to me, when I see young Anakin, I see Christian Haydenson, or I see the way that they animate him in Clone Wars. Hayden, but Hayden Christensen. 
Hey, sorry, Hayden all Christensen. Good, all good. Um, but when they, um, when I see him in Clone Wars, and I see the way that he acts, and even the way that they animate Anakin in season seven right now, it feels truer to the character and it feels truer to what we're going to see with vader well what i'm saying uh, yeah I, I you're so right on that I, I agree i think the animation version is a lot more fleshed out but but like moments like we were just saying though i feel like connects the animated to vader and yeah. to the hayden christensen portrayal because of the similarities like i'm i'm buying i'm buying the transition i'm buying yeah. the connection a little bit more um, but Rachel, I mean, there's so much to break down this episode. Obviously, you and I, we, we did a whole book club with the Ahsoka Tanu novel, and we got to interview the author. So we're, we're massive Ahsoka fans. Uh, and like, I, I, I completely agree with what you said. The first episode, it, didn't it feel more like an intro? Like, okay, Ahsoka's back. And now this one is, let's get into the meat and bones of these other characters, which are Rafa and Trace. What did you think of the deal that uh, Rafa and Trace got? For the job well i think that it speaks to ahsoka because even when we were we were seeing how um the aruba family is asked is acting and we're seeing ahsoka's reaction to all of this and she knows just from being just from having certain experiences she understands that what they're about to do is not going to end well um but in terms of rafa and trace I continue to feel bad for Trace because she's clearly the younger sister. She's clearly the one being dragged into this and is almost in a way, like I can tell that Trace looks up to Rafa. And so she's doing this to try and get her sister's approval and not so much because she is doing, and she's not, I mean, yeah, I'm sure a part of her is doing it for the adventure and because mm -hmm. she's been stuck and, and kind of trapped. Um, but it, it's just really sad to me because I can see like, oh, I can see the age difference between Rafa and Trace. Rafa is more the one calling the shots, and Trace is more the one just trying to prove to her sister that she's um, adequate. Mm. It's really, it, they really did a good job of establishing that dynamic, that, that uh, older, younger sibling dynamic very well, which I'm familiar with. I do have a younger brother. Uh, I'm, I'm digging these characters now. I yeah. think last episode I was a little worried. They, they felt like some one-off characters that you might see in another episode of like an early season, earlier season of Clone Wars. Uh, but no, I feel like this is, I'm not minding this arc at all. I think this is a really interesting story and adventure because we're actually seeing, we're seeing things play out that we've only heard about. Yeah. For example, we've heard about spice running. We've heard about that. And now we're actually seeing the action of doing that, which we've yeah. not seen in Star Wars, you know, we, we saw, we, we got hints of it in, in Solo, uh, which there's a ton of connections to, we'll break down a little later, but, and, and, and like you were saying with Poe Dameron, like Poe yeah. po used to be a spice runner, but now we're actually yeah. seeing people like run spice, smuggle. I think that was so cool. And I also think that now that we know these characters from the episode prior, we're just that much more invested. Um, Getting more into the sibling dynamic with Rafa, she still doesn't trust Ahsoka, but do you think she even trusts her own sister? No, I don't think she trusts anyone. Um, now that is not to say that Rafa doesn't love Trace, because I can tell that they're I can tell that Rafa would do anything for Trace and would protect her. I don't think that she trusts her in terms of being able to protect 
being able to keep them safe. So in other words, like I think that Rafa does not trust that um, Trace would be able to handle a mission, but she had no other choice. Mm. And in this case had to enlist the help of her sister and Ahsoka. Um, but I feel like Rafa, the more that we get to know her, she seems like an opportunist, not necessarily in a good or a bad way, just you know, a product of her environment and of society and the fact that Rafa is a survivalist mm. and just like Trace too, but I feel like Rafa is hardened in a way that Trace is not. And so for Rafa and Rafa, I like we can just you can just tell that Rafa's been through a lot more than Trace. And Trace is a little more sheltered um, in the sense that she has been underground for the most part, not actually going out and and handling these things and making yeah. these um, but with Rafa, uh, I I I'm very much enjoying her character in the sense that it, he is a gray area character. Uh, we want to root for her because she seems like she's a good person, but she's also very hardened and yeah. has lived a life of surviving. And with that with that territory comes having to act in certain ways to make sure that you don't die. And so she, um, yeah, like I, and I feel like this is very typical of what we've seen in the book, Ahsoka in the sense that Ahsoka was always kind of finding characters just like Rafa and Trace who also needed to survive. So this almost feels like a prequel to what we're going to get in the book. Yeah, um, I, 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 that's a perfect dissection, I think, of those of her character. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, coming from an author, of course, that would happen. <laughs> but I completely agree. I love these two characters so much. I think I, I thought it was going to be a little bit of a a dynamic that would have gotten old but no it's it's really fascinating i love scenes like the ones we were getting on the ship with them disagreeing and even in movies that involve like heist movies or anything like that when you have this dynamic it sometimes feels a little old it feels a little like tiring and uninteresting but no like i i buy it and i really like their back and forth and you know you're right she has trust issues because of all that and uh and you see Rafa even like whispering to Ahsoka, like, yeah, I want another pilot. Oh, this is why I want to get someone else to fly. Like that stuff, I know as a sibling, that would piss me off. <laughs> and that would get me like, that would get so under my skin. But um, that's also just who she is. Like she totally, I could totally see her like interacting with Han Solo. I just so buy this character in that world. And I really am enjoying them. Uh, and I totally understand why she doesn't trust Ahsoka. And like you were saying, we're seeing more and more of these characters that we saw in the Ahsoka book that don't trust the Jedi. They, they, it, this, this is outside of Ahsoka's comfort zone. She's, she's been raised in this society where it's like a little bit more black and white. And now we're seeing a bunch of the gray areas and the characters that live in those gray areas. Um, going on to the, the, the job, the Aruba family hires them in Kessel and they're running Spice and Ahsoka's figuring all this out and then points out, listen, people get caught for this all the time. Your ship might be impounded and we know the only thing that Trace cares about is her ship. What did you think of the scene where we got the cargo dropped? I was not expecting Trace to do that. Neither was I. <laughs> when she did it, I was like, okay. I mean, it, it made sense in the in only if only for the fact that Trace was so frustrated 
And I could feel that frustration and I could feel how annoyed Trace was with Rafa yeah. for continually saying, oh, well, you know, basically directly saying that Trace wasn't good enough as a pilot um, and implying that she might lose her ship. And so Trace was like, nope, I'm not losing the ship. And so she dropped the spices. I was like, okay, fair. I mean, it, okay. So in the one hand, on the one hand, it said to me that Trace was just trying to come to some kind of like spiteful resolution in a sense, but also it really spoke to her age and that she's younger. Um, because we know that, that Ahsoka, if she had been in Trace's position, right. would probably not have dropped the spice. She probably would have done something that didn't fit any solution that anyone was suggesting, but she probably would have wanted to be more strategic about holding on to something that could be, you know, used in their favor. Right. Um, which so, she she says there. She yeah. which that that's a scene I feel like again, and this we should say this is the longest runtime for any quote unquote thirty minute period episode of Clone Wars. This was clocking in yeah. at like twenty seven forty five. And we got that conversation. Like, sorry, go on with what you were saying about that. No, I was just saying that I could feel Trace's age in the fact that she would be like, oh, yeah, well, you're going to do this. You're going to say this to me. You two are going to argue. Problem solved. And then she dumps it. It just felt very irrational and very young and like very much an action that someone who is not, like, I'm not saying Trace hasn't had to fight for her life because obviously she has for her entire life. Um, but not in the way that Rafa has. And so I feel like if Trace had had a little more experience in the line of what Rafa has been doing, um, she would have known, yeah, you can't throw away your bargaining piece. Yeah, it was it was naive. And yeah. Yeah. it's, again, I, I bought it. It, w it shocked me because I was like, oh no, she didn't do that. Why'd she do that? And yeah. But I understood the line of thinking. I understood the, the in the heat of the moment. <laughs> Uh, decision making there yeah in a really adult conversation afterwards of Ahsoka being like I can't believe I'm saying this I'm agreeing with Rafa right now like you, you can't yeah. throw away your bargaining piece you that was such a mistake and Trace kind of realizing like oh no what are we going to do and then all eyes go to Ahsoka uh, except for <laughs> except for Rafa's Rafa has no interest in what Ahsoka wants to do but yeah. um, they're heading to the pikes and they weren't pulled over, <laughs> and uh, uh, they get there, and they have a plan. And it's the classic Star Wars, like, we have a plan, we're not going to tell the audience, so we're just going to see them execute it, and we get a Jedi mind trick. What do you think of this sequence? I figured that's where they were going with this, when they had a plan. When Ahsoka said she knew how to handle this, I was like, okay, the Force is coming out. My big, um, my <laughs> question is that obviously Rafa and Trace did not see Ahsoka doing this. Right. Um, she, they're right next door. <laughs> why? Like, if I had been Rafa, I would be like, okay, something feels suspicious here that the Pikes are just letting us go. Yeah. She instantly bought it. Like, instantly. Yeah. Uh, I, I like buy this plan. <laughs> yeah. I don't buy that Rafa would instantly buy that. That was my only question. <laughs> But in the sense that, like, you know, obviously I'm glad that it worked, that they seemed to be getting away. Mm. Um, and somebody else, one of the other, you know, members of the Pikes was like, hey, something does not feel right. <laughs> Naturally. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, we can even talk about that for a second. The, 
I feel like just the use of a Jedi mind trick in Star Wars, they're very, uh, well, how would you say it? They're, they're very pick, pick and choosy with that. Like for, for random characters, it doesn't work. And then for some characters it works and they Jedi use it in certain moments where they could, it benefits them. And then there are other moments where it clearly could benefit them. They don't even think yeah. about using it. Um, I mean, it's it's definitely like a, a massive story point <laughs> when you have a Jedi mind trick available. Yeah, uh, pretty much every red shirt, aka the stormtroopers, always <laughs> it always works on them. Um, and then random people like the Pikes, but then it'll you have someone else where it's like your Jedi mind tricks don't work on me, and it's like okay, yeah, it doesn't work and on Jabba the Hutt exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but um, it worked here, and he just hands them the credits. Which it was at first I thought, oh, they're just gonna walk away with the credits, but then they drop the spice canisters, and uh, they start flying away, and they open one, it's empty, and they say, "Get the tractor beam," which again, harkening back to a new hope with the tractor beam, uh, and the episode ends with them getting stuck, and <laughs> I don't know how they're gonna get out of this one. I actually thought this was a pretty awesome cliffhanger. Uh, what did you yeah. think at the end of this episode? Yeah, I loved the cliffhanger. Um, I, yeah. I mean, what I was really hoping, what I'm still hoping, is that Ahsoka using the Force is going to call attention from the Senate, and that's how she's going to get wrapped back in, especially if we only have 12 episodes of this final season. I'm guessing that this is going to have to happen soon. Um, so my thought is that Ahsoka is going, and this is very prediction-y, I'm sorry. Well, let's get, um, I'm, hey, we can get into, let's get into some, some theorizing and predictions for sure. Okay. Like, what, what are you predicting right here? Um, that the, it's going to be Ahsoka having to use the force because there's going to be no other option. And then it's going to draw attention and that somehow this is going to, um, you know, alert the Senate of her whereabouts. And I know they're not like looking for her, but I feel like they, especially going back to the way we know Ahsoka opens with Mandalorian, right. Mandalorian morning and Ahsoka being there with Darth Maul, I feel like that is <laughs> happen soon. And so um, there, she's going to get roped back in to having to join, um, to having to work with Anakin and the rest of the Jedis again. So I agree. I think, what I would actually like to ask you to predict on is, yeah. so we know that they have to get out of this situation. You think the Senate is going to get involved and maybe save them from this. I personally, this is the, the thing I want to hear your prediction on. I don't think she's going to have a face-to-face -face interaction with Anakin for the entire season. Oh. I don't think that's going to happen. So I don't think the Senate's going to have to come in and help her. I think that she's going to have to use the Force and somehow it's going to get back to the Senate that there was force activity being used on, you know, with the pipes. That's what I'm thinking. Well, um, I, yeah. Do you, do you, would you be disappointed if they didn't get a face-to-face -face interaction? Because I, I can see why someone might be, but I don't actually think it's necessary. I think, and I think it would actually hurt the story if they did that. Obviously, there might be a way they, they can, but... I don't think I would necessarily buy them having seen each other so close to Revenge of the Sith, maybe even during Revenge of the Sith, and it's not even mentioned in the movies. Um, I think it makes more sense for scenes like the one we got in this episode, where like he senses her, but it's not quite sure. And I know in the trailer we see him see her in a hologram, 
but I don't think I don't think he's I don't think they're seeing each other face to face. I think I kind of feel like they are. They will. Um, I definitely see what you're saying, though. And I think that that is a very interesting storytelling technique if they never do. Mm. Uh, I'm hoping that we do get something, even if it's not a full-fledged conversation. Um, I am hoping that we do have, like, you know, something where they at least have a couple of words they exchange. I'm also really curious what they're going to do with this ending because... I mean, obviously, we know that in the prequels, in the prequel trilogy, we know where things end mm. uh, on Mustafar with Anakin becoming Darth Vader. Um, but the, my question is, is it going to be with the Clone Wars where um, they, you know, we don't know. We kind of have like hints from the trailer of how far they're going, where they're going to end this. Yeah. But will it be like Rebels where they jump time and show you an epilogue of sorts? In I would future? lose my mind if that happened. I am really hoping that that's what they do. But well, the question, when is the epilogue? Is the epilogue after he becomes Darth Vader? Is it, you know, see, you can find out. Because the last thing we see in Rebels is with Ahsoka showing up to go and find Ezra. So is it right. a hint? Well, what but, that because we know that Rebels is supposed to come back. Um, I don't know if it's officially confirmed d- yeah. due to just everything going on in the world yeah. right now with that. But there have been rumblings that Rebels yeah. is supposed to come back. Uh, I you know ep- in terms of an epilogue, I don't think they would do anything like that. I think just because of what we know with her interaction with Anakin or Darth Vader in Rebels and her not being completely aware. If there is some kind of epilogue, I think it would have to do with either like some of the clone troopers or or someone's story who we don't necessarily see much of in Rebels or any other content. Um, real quick, the other uh, thing I just wanted to bring up uh, real quick is I wanted to predict on just exactly how they're going to get out of the situation next week. Yeah. I think Ahsoka is going to reveal she has her Force powers, and like you, like you said, you know, when we read this book, she is apprehensive in showing people that she has the Force, and I think she's been apprehensive in this show so far just because she's heard these two characters' thoughts on Jedi. I think she is going to show her powers and maybe tarnish the relationship with these two, and that is going to be the reason why she doesn't necessarily show her powers in this book. Also, Order sixty six, uh, but um, so I. Th- I think yeah. she's going to get, I think Ahsoka is going to get them out of this herself. I don't think they're actually going to get help from the Senate or anyone. I think she is going to get herself out of this. But um, let's get into a special segment where just more connections to the movies. So this week we got, and here I'm actually going to attempt bringing up some uh, some media real quick. We got the Pikes and we went to Kessel. And if anyone saw Solo, a Star Wars story, you would have saw these characters. So these are the Pikes, which we saw at the end of this episode um, when they were dropping off the empty canisters of spice. That's actually the Pikes on the planet Kessel in Solo, um, which, you know, it was currently, it's the Aruba family. So we know somewhere along the line, the Pikes take over, which is interesting. Here's a side-by-side comparison of them. Uh, So on the right, that being a still from Solo. And on the left, that being the animated version. I think this is really cool that they, the Pikes have popped up a ton of times in the Clone Wars, but this one was specifically like a spice job, which we, we've seen in the live action movies. 
I think these these connections and references are so awesome. And I mean, just going back to this other one, this looks exactly like where they landed in this episode. Like this is the same spot. How awesome is that consistency? I love the fact that everything is so intertwined and that they're the the way that they thread this through everything is working um with each other like my thought while i was listening to this and i heard spice runners i went back to the rise of skywalker mm. and i thought camera and even even though they weren't on kessel um they were on kajimi uh, they had mentioned that Poe Dameron was a spice runner. And it made me think of the fact that there's a book coming out uh, in August of Got the cover right here. Yeah. Even though uh, it says not final cover. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but I mean, hey, that, if, if you can't see it, if you're listening to this and you're not watching, um, you should check out that cover. It's actually pretty colorful for not being a final cover. But the book is called Freefall. Uh, it's by Alex Segarra, and um, yeah, it, it sounds like it's going to be very, very interesting. I already pre-ordered it, so <laughs> I'm, I'm re- waiting. She's a bookworm, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. So really cool connections to the movies, and uh, I think what's what really interesting tidbit there is we saw the Pikes in the Clone Wars first, and then we saw them in Solo. So, you know, we're getting... Ahsoka Tanu in The Mandalorian Season 2, which is an animated character going to live action. We've seen it the other way around with Star Wars. So it is it is all one shared universe. And I, I love when when there's bits like this that are this consistent and they, they, they keep it true. It just means the world to us fans out there. Um, before yeah. we head out, just a little bit of news. Uh, Dave Filoni this week, you know, showrunner of The Clone Wars Rebels and a big producer on Mandalorian, George Lucas's protege, he came out and was talking about the differences, he, the tweaks he's made to these first couple of episodes in season seven of the Clone Wars. Um, there were some leaked episodes that were not finished, uh, put online that you can still see to this day. And if you watch them in comparison to the episodes that have come out now, there are little tiny differences. One specifically he touched on was with the Bad Batch. Um, I think it was the first episode and it's when the Bad Batch comes out and Anakin, or sorry, it's the second episode. Anakin pulls Rex away to call Padme. Originally, that scene wasn't in there. It was actually, Anakin saw a, a, a like an army spray painting of Padme and it was a little uh, risque image of her. <laughs> and it was kind of harkening back to like Vietnam when I guess soldiers would, would kind of like paint beautiful women on, on their vehicles or on, on like helicopters or anything. And uh, it was interesting to hear Dave Filoni talk about this because he said when they were actually, when they got greenlit for season seven, the big thing he noticed was Padme had a little to no presence whatsoever. And this is such a huge character in the prequels. He said it would have been weird to not have any presence of her. So they added that scene in. And I, I, I don't know about you, but that's my favorite scene we've gotten so far. Yeah. So, I love it. <laughs> really cool tidbit there. And uh, it's also little interesting because that, that he was sort of inferring that maybe that's the only scene he added with her so we might not be getting much more Padme throughout the whole season I hope we do um yeah. we're winding down here Rachel any final thoughts predictions on this episode and the season as a whole I mean I'm just really excited to see what they do with it um especially as it ties in to episode three yeah. um 
I, cause I, I really, I want to see my, my big problem with episode three. Um, and this is after a recent rewatch of the prequels in a row. Um, my biggest complaint is that we have too much of a jump between Anakin to Darth Vader. And so if this season seven could kind of fill in some of the gaps, um, that would be, I would love that because then it would make a little more sense, um, to really feel that jump um, from being Anakin to fully committing to the dark. Completely agree with you. I, I share that, that that is my number one criticism of the prequels. It is the the jump from Anakin to Vader is very, very quick and a little unbelievable. And I actually think that the Clone Wars has already succeeded and already kind of fleshing that out a little more. And I think the yeah. season is only gonna help more. Uh, however, Especially yeah. Oh, I was just going to add, especially with him killing younglings. That's the thing. That was the moment. That was the jump that I I can't grasp. Yeah. Everything else, I'm, I can kind of see. That, I'm like, but what, I'm like very confused. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's it's a hard thing, I think, whether or not he was even a terrible person to begin with. <laughs> like, I would even have a hard time watching... I don't want to see the Emperor. I could see the Emperor doing that. But I would have a hard time watching like Darth Maul doing that, probably. But it's a good point. I am really excited to see uh, how Ahsoka gets to Mandalore still. I I don't... I'm still in 100% belief that she's not going to have a a head-on interaction with Anakin. And if they do, I think it'll be a a big secret. Um, There is a shot in the trailer... We're getting so speculative here, and we do have to wrap up. Uh, there is a shot in the trailer where Anakin is on, I think he's on like a life bed, like maybe some sort of coma. hes You can see he's asleep, and there's a medical back-to-tank near him, and Ahsoka touches his arm. So that happens, but I don't think he's conscious for it. So yeah. maybe Anakin gets in some kind of accident, and that prevents him from interacting with Ahsoka, and maybe that even prevents him from going to Mandalore. Ah. Uh. We'll have to see. What do you what? guys think? What's up? Did you say something? Oh, no, I didn't. Oh, good. Um, what did you guys think? Please comment down below. Give us a review on iTunes. We will shout you out on air. If you give us a review on iTunes, read the whole thing. Five stars, please. And comment, subscribe to AfterBuzz Animation. Rachel, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Rach Goodman or on my author Instagram account at Rachel Radner author. I'm also on the Outlander panel with AfterBuzz on Sundays at 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Yeah, and you're also doing Retro Anatomy Movie, which is on hiatus for right now, but hopefully it's coming back very soon. Uh, Guys, she's awesome. She's doing a ton of after shows, so check her out on all the networks. And you can find me at Ryan Nilsson, R-Y-N-I-L-S-E-N on Twitter and Ryan Nilsson underscore on Instagram and Star Wars News every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, which we're talking about Clone Wars, the movies, everything. So please check that out. Until next time, y'all, may the Force be with you. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.